0: Hello, good afternoon, everybody. Um, Mom always laughs at me. Everybody gets excited when I preach because it's short. <laughs> Do it for you guys. Matt has his thumbs up back there. That's for you, Matt. Um, yeah. So I'm just gonna go the speed that God tells me to go. And if it's short, it's short. If it's not, I'm sorry, I failed you, Matt. Um, but that's how it's gonna be. <laughs> Um, So before I start, I'm just going to pray. Father God, I thank you and I praise you for everything that you've already done in your house today. I thank you for your Holy Spirit continuing to rest on us, Father, as we hear your word. I just ask that you would speak in and through me, Father, and that you would touch the heart of your children. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, So what I'm going to talk about today, the uh, title of the sermon is, Who Am I?, and one thing you guys should know about me, I almost—I usually have funny PowerPoints, but I felt like this should be serious. Um, so I almost put a picture of Jean Valjean from Les Mis up there and be like, "Who am I?" I'm Jean Valjean. I didn't. Um, <laughs> but that's yeah, that's what we'll be talking about today. Um, just because that's what God is speaking to me about recently. So um, we're gonna talk about that. Um, Yeah, so recently with, uh, I think last time I preached on emotional healing, um, which has been interesting going through that, I think, um, over the last few years, like I mentioned last time, I wasn't really processing things the way that I should, um, so we're working through that now, thumbs up. (laughs) Um, but it's been hard, and it's been messy, and it's been a little bit painful, and I think, um... This last few months, God's just been showing me, I need to show you who you are again. Um, That some of the things that you went through kind of, um, what's the word? Muddled how you see yourself and where you think your worth comes from. Um, So, yeah, with that, just a lot, like growing up, I would want to do everything to impress my dad (laughs) because I'm like, I want you to be proud of me. And so everything I did was for him. I got my worth and my identity, and it felt like everything from him. And so when he was gone, that just kind of fell to pieces. Um, And too, like with my mom being a pastor and stuff and her doing all the things that she does, just feeling like I need to find out who God created me to be while still doing what he's telling me to do um, within the ministry. So that's been cool. Um, so first, I always, hi, ah, I went the right way. Sweet. If you can't read that, I'm sorry. I tried to make it big. Um, <laughs> so the first thing is just to talk about why is it important to know who you are? Um, the basic gist of it is it just affects every part of our lives, Right? Like, who you are will determine the decisions that you make or the choices that you make. Um, Who you believe you are will determine how you treat others and how you allow them to treat you. And then who you believe you are will determine what your relationship with Abba looks like, right? Like, his desire for relationship with us never changes. He always wants it to be deep and intimate and two-way. But if we don't believe that we deserve that, or if we don't believe that that's what it's supposed to look like, we're not gonna have it. And so who we believe we are is really important because it affects us, it affects the people around us, and affects the, um, the impact that we have on the world. Oh, I can't see that, that says, it didn't look like that in my thing. Anyway, it says, so who are you? Um, what does God, who does God say you are? Um, the first one that I have here is from Genesis. It says, you are his creation, created in his image and likeness. And the verse is Genesis 1.27. It says, so God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. So we are made to look like him, right? That's who we are. We're made to represent him well. We're made to act like him and speak like him and just be like him. We're created in his image. And just a side note, um, if you're seeing things in your life that don't necessarily look like God or don't align with what's in the Bible, You might want to go talk to God (laughs) because it's not supposed to be like that. Obviously, we're all in process, right? Like mom said, we're not going to reach perfection before we get to go be with him. Um, But we're meant to continue working on it, right? Like walking with him and learning to be like him each and every day, even if it's a long process. He's so gracious, um, but he doesn't want us to be stagnant, right? Um, the next one is, you are his beloved and the one that he loves. So like Lero was saying earlier, like often we talk about, yeah, we're the children of God. We're his beloved. But he's like, no, you. It's me and you. You're my beloved, right? And um, there's a couple verses for this one. The first is from Song of Songs 216. It said, My beloved is mine, and I am his. He browses among the lilies. And the second verse is from Isaiah 62, 4 through 5. It says, No longer will they call you deserted or name your land desolate, but you will be Hephzibah, and your land will be named Beulah, for the Lord will take delight in you, and your land will be married. As a young man marries a young woman, so the builder will marry you. As a bridegroom rejoices over his bride, so will your God rejoice over you. Yeah, and um, I just felt like with this, like, it's interesting sometimes how people see a relationship with God. Like, obviously here, we very much emphasize having your own personal relationship outside of church and spending time um, in the Bible and worshiping and things on your own, because... I mean, you can do it once a week. That's fine. But this is in community. This is meant for community. Um, but you still need to have relationship one-on-one with him yourself. Um, and it's just interesting because sometimes people are like, "Well, I go to church every week, so I'm good." <laughs> but the analogy I like to use is if you're with your husband or with your wife or with somebody that you care for, like a deep friend. You don't just say them, see them once a week and say, yep, I'm good. We talked for an hour. <laughs> I know you. I know all your thoughts. I feel like I know you well. Because it wouldn't work like that, right? Like, we're his beloved. We're meant to be in constant relationship with him, in constant um, community, walking with him um, in every part and every day of our lives. And so I just thought that was Interesting. Um, Oh, yeah, and I had on that one, too, as God delights in us, we were created to take delight in him. So he created delight. He created that type of emotion and feeling and need and longing for something. And as he longs for us, we're designed to long for him. Um, You are his chosen, so you're chosen to be his own. Um, The first verse is from Colossians 3.12, and it says, Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. And then the second um, verse is from Esther chapter 4, and it says, You were chosen for such a time as this. Um, and really quick, um, Bella, when you were up here, I was going to say something, but I just had to process it. I just felt like the God, God was just saying as like a father, I'm so proud of you. And he's, you have been chosen for such a time of this. Like Miss Laura was saying, um, that dream that he's put in your heart is so important and he's going to, um, use you to fulfill it. Um, yeah, and with that, um, with us just being chosen and being chosen to be sent, really, God chooses us and he tells us our identity and then he sends us. He doesn't expect us to go do something without knowing who we are, so he always speaks our identity and then tells us what he's created us for and what he's chosen us to do, and that's such a good father, right? He doesn't send us out unprepared. <laughs> He's always got our back, right? This probably will be a short sermon today, so Matt, you should clap your hands really hard at the end. <laughs> um, <laughs> the next one that he was just talking to me about is just you are his child, the one that he deeply cares for. Um, it says, see what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason that the world does not know us is that it didn't know him. And so again, when we um, were meant to not be recognized by the world, right? Um, because our Father wasn't. We're meant to look different than the world. And then the second verse is just the Spirit Himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now if we are children, then we are heirs, and heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we may sh- also share in his glory. Um, our Father isn't cruel. He doesn't put us through things just for the sake of being put through something. Or for the sake of knocking us down off our pedestal or just remembering what our place is. He things happen that are bad sometimes. But there's so much joy in the glory that's coming next. And it's gonna be so worth it, right? He's so good. And he always redeems every situation and any circumstance. He's so good. If you can't tell, I like flowers. Um, (laughs) Those are all the pictures for today. (laughs) That's why I like them. They're imperfect, but they're pretty. Um, The next one is just that you are his friend, one that he cherishes. I thought this was interesting. There's always that quote that's like, you can't choose your family, but you can choose your friends, right? (laughs) Sometimes you can choose your family to be your friends, but that's only if you're really lucky, <laughs> which we are. <laughs> um, but, right, a friend is somebody that you cherish and that you have chosen to have in your life and say, I want to walk alongside you in this life, and I'm choosing to let you have access to me and who I am and vulnerable, right? Right. So the verse is John 15, 15, and it says, I've never called you servants, because a master does not confide in his servants. And a servant do not, does not always understand what the master is doing. But I call you my most intimate and cherished friends. For I reveal to you everything that I have learned from my father. Yeah. He chooses us over and over again. And everything that he shows us throughout the Bible, whether it be us being his children or us being his creation or us being his beloved, he chooses us over and over again. Um, The next one is you are his workmanship. I didn't used to know what that meant, but then I looked it up in the new... The passion translation which was cool and um, so <laughs> you're his artistic vision come to life you're his masterpiece something that he holds dear to his heart and the verse is from Ephesians 2.10 and it says mm- we have become, his poetry, a recreated people that will fulfill the destiny he has given each of us. For we are joined to Jesus, the anointed one. And even before we were born, God planned in advance our destiny and the good works we would do to fulfill it. Yeah. We have become his poetry. I think it's so interesting that um, in the art world, there there are so many different types of art. Like, um, you can use oil painting, you can use clay, you can use words, poetry, things like that. And art is usually messy, right? Art doesn't usually look the same. Everybody has their own artistic spin on things, and they do things differently, and it's sometimes messy. But it's oh so beautiful in the end. And so I think it's funny how we as humans, like go to museums to admire this messy art <laughs> that's yeah. different from everybody else's and say, this is beautiful. But when we're in process or we see somebody else in process and it looks a little bit messy, we're like, oh, they need to get their act together, right? That's not how it should be. God doesn't see any part of the process we're going through as, oh, this is messy. I don't like this. He sees it as a beautiful Portion in your life where you're learning things and you're growing and you're figuring stuff out with him, and he's like, This is beautiful, right? A beautiful work in progress. You're his workmanship, and you are his special possession the one who has great value and worth in his eyes. Um, the verse is from 1 Peter 2.9, and it says, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, God's special possession, that you may declare the promises of him who called you out of the darkness and into his wonderful light. So you're his treasure, and he speaks your worth. Um, This last one is the one that he's really been talking to me about, and I think it encompasses everything that I just said, all of those other seven points. Um, Just Abba whispers over you, you are mine. Yeah. Yeah. You are mine, and we're talking about this today because, um, yeah, I'm going to get some water really quick. Um, a little while ago, my friend, and I'm going to read this off my page because it was long, my friend Emma, she's my really good friend. I love her. she's just always there for me when I need her and stuff and we hadn't talked very about deep things much lately just because we'd been so busy, but one day she was just we were talking and she just asked me what I was excited about for the future, and I just kind of gave her the true but very generic answer of. I've always given about wanting to start my own coffee shop and eventually getting married and starting a family. Um, but I realized when I was sharing that these things with her, I didn't feel the same type of excitement that I usually did. Um, and it's not that I stopped hoping that these things would happen or I stopped looking forward to them. Um, it was just kind of like the fear and anxiety of everything that could go wrong if those dreams came true. <laughs> Or the fear and anxiety if I failed to make those things came true outweighed the excitement that I usually would have thinking about those situations. Um, And I love that I can be vulnerable with you guys, so thank you for giving me that space. Um, But it was kind of like thinking about those things and things that have been going on over the last few years It was like just the, like there was kind of fear and pain that had been gnawing away at me for so long. It was like the thing I think about that I actually have peace and look forward to the most is like going home to be with Jesus. I hate crying, and God does this to me every time. (laughs) But it's okay. And it's not that I want to, like, die right now. It's just, like, the only thing (laughs) that I could think of just because there was so much anxiety and fear and, like, emptiness and anger that would make it finally subside was just, oh, like... The one day I get to be home and be with my beloved, that's what I'm excited for. And I recognize it's not supposed to be just that. (laughs) Because God made us for life, right? He made us to enjoy life and to do the things that he's called us to do. And so when we're in this place of, I am feeling so much right now that I just want to go home. I don't want to do this anymore. That's a good signal that we need to get with the Father, right? And so after this conversation with her, I started talking to God, and I'm like, God, why? I'm having so many emotions. I'm having so many feelings about my dad, like being angry at him, but wanting him to come home, like um, fear of the future, worrying that it'll turn out like that for me, or that something bad will happen, or anger and frustration with Old patterns that I've allowed to come back into my life, or confusion of trying to remember who I was um, before I felt like I lost my identity. Like, I'm just talking to him about all these things and all these things for weeks straight, and every time I would talk to him, he would just say to me, You are mine. <laughs> And at first, like, it would always make me cry, of course, but it started to be like, yeah, I know I'm yours, God, but all of these other things, (laughs) like, what are you going to do about this? And he would just say the same thing again. (laughs) You are mine. Like, that's enough. That's it. Like, all of these things that you're worried about, the fear of the future or the anger that you have, Or the frustration that you have towards yourself, knowing that you are mine is enough, because that covers everything else. In the midst of all those feelings and worries, he would just say, you are mine. And that was what gave me peace, and it honestly helped me start the healing process, because when I talked about it last time I preached, I knew it up here, but I was so overwhelmed in here because there were so many things that I was feeling and there were other things that I couldn't feel anymore, like joy. (laughs) And so I didn't know where to start, but he would just say these words over me again and again and again, you are mine. And it just made me realize that being his is enough. Because being his means that I don't have to perform to gain his love. I don't have to be the best person I can be right now. Even though I'm trying, but it's a process, right? Being his is enough. And even with the stuff with my dad or the fear of the future and stuff, just being his... That's all that matters. He holds us in the palm of his hand, right? And he was just—that's really small. I'm sorry. I'll read it for you. <laughs> oh, okay, cool. I'm—I can't see. You. <laughs> it just says, um, "These are the reasons." He was reminding me of when he kept telling me, "You are mine. You are mine. You are mine." And I'm like, why? Like, why, why is that okay? Like, why does that just negate everything else that I'm going through? The fact that I'm yours. Ask questions. I'm sorry. It's just who I am. <laughs> but this is the list he gave me. He said, being mine is enough because I'm your creator. I have good purpose for you. So you don't need to be afraid about the future. Being mine is enough because you are my beloved and I am yours. I will always love you and you're never alone. Being mine is enough because I am the one who chose you. And I am the one who knows your real worth and continue to remind you of it each and every day. Being mine is enough because I am your father who always takes care of you. And I can trust, you can trust me to do what's best for you. Being mine is enough because I am your true friend and I always have good intentions towards you. And being mine is enough because I am the artist I am the only one who has a say over your true be- beauty and worth. I, you are mine, and that is enough. And so that's just what he has been speaking to me about. Um, I thought it was neat because when I looked up that that last flower picture, you can't, you can kind of tell it's a flower. It's abstract, right? But the picture <laughs> name was called. Um, A little messy, but still beautiful. And I was like, how to describe my life? (laughs) A little messy, but still beautiful. And um, yeah, I just feel like in this time and in this season where we are with the world and everybody's having an identity crisis. (laughs) Nobody knows who they are. Um. And I just feel like Father God is just really wanting us to come back to a place of knowing that no matter what we do, whether we do great things in his name, great achievements, whether we acomp- feel like we accomplish nothing in life, um, we're his, and that's enough. And he gives us this Being his gives us the strength to do everything that he's calling us to do. And so we don't have to be afraid. Thank you for listening today. Take a moment and ask Holy Spirit what he wants you to do with what you've learned. And remember, with God, all things are possible. So keep dreaming, keep praying, and simply obey, because God is good and He has good plans for you. You can subscribe to our blogs, learn about our speakers, and even hear from one of our team members how you can take part in transforming a city, your city with Christ. There's no time like the present. Visit ShekinahOnline.com If this doesn't excite you, watch for our new and God-inspired product line, a newly released book by Stephanie Butler, more testimonies from our listeners like you, working to bring unity in cities across the world. If you feel led to support our podcast, you may do so on our Shekinah.com website. Or if you would like to support us monthly, there is a link labeled listener support on every podcast. Until next time, we thank you. We love you. Have a blessed day.